circus. Ginger the Red goes to the circus. <laughs> what, what, what kind of a story would you tell about Ginger and the Red, <laughs> who in the past have been one person? They've never been just one person. Oh, they've, they've always been separate people. They've always I, been separate people. I would have just to like, come the, up with different voices for them. The viewer never knew they were separate people until recently. Ooh, the yeah. plot thickens. Indeed, and then the dramatic reveal. So so would Ginger be the... Because like, I picture them as two men, and then Ginger being the effeminate male, and yes. the red being you know the Viking-like thing. Or you could switch it around and be hilarious. I might switch it around. I might. And I might actually have... The red end up being like a five foot tall uh, French woman. Mm, that'd be possible. Yeah, but how would you? How would we write that? <laughs> It'd be like comic comic book dress script format. <laughs> yes, and we would write Ginger. entirely in Icelandic. <laughs> Ginger, a six foot seven seven Icelandic warrior, slowly <laughs> enters the room. <laughs> Pan out to why to, to to half page spread, inquisitive look. He says softly, Red, you there? <laughs> and then the mirror explodes and she appears. <laughs> it's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum. Just saying, indeed. Well, it's a beautiful Tuesday evening tonight on June, July 6th, 2010, for Player Status Episode 30. My gosh, Peter's not here for Episode 30. He's not. He always misses the big nights. I think he did. Like, Didn't we, he miss 20? He like missed either 20 or 25. Is, is, is that his thing? Is he just going to miss the big ones from now on? So, yeah, our anniversaries are always yes. <laughs> loveless affairs. They, well, they always are. Peter's always missing. Sometimes when he's here, he's never really here. I just, I just, it's just so terrible, terribly sad. I'm constipated. That could be that too. <laughs> it really could. So, Nick, what have you been playing lately? In fact, what's your status, player? Wow, that that makes it sound like you're asking me about like how many women you've been with recently, player. Well, that's why I didn't know if I should. And then like, status, you're like, is that like <laughs> HIV positive well, or negative status? <laughs> I didn't know if I should start with player. What's your status? Either way, it's incredibly nerdy. <laughs> Bravo! I'm the 26 level ogre. <laughs> uh, I have a I have a club. It it it, it hits things. Um, it hit thing real good. I have two games to talk about. I, yes. I, do, do, do you have more than one game that you've been playing this week? Uh, yeah, but but smaller doses. So go ahead. With well, well, we'll switch off. We'll switch off. Okay. That All right. That's, uh, that sounds good. First game. First game for first Mr. Game. Tippleton. And one I've only played a little bit of this week. Mm-hmm. I um, My parents were out of town. And so, of course, I ransacked my dad's video game collection. Indeed. Um, specifically for every, classic stuff. Every good son does. And um, I picked up uh, two games. Uh, the first one was Knights Old Republic 2, um, mm. which, of course, is you know, not new. <laughs> now, what version did you get? What con- What platform? Uh, for, the, for the PC. Okay. All right. Um, I do most of my role playing on the PC because I like having mouse control. I can't see why anybody likes like controller control for you a know, lot of RPGs. Uh, well, it depends on if it's built for it. Like Mass Effect was really good on the console. I can see that. Mm-hmm. 
Like, yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. Hippie. Listen, jerk. I'll murder Base. you. So, so um, I... <laughs> I, you know, I've been so excited about the the Old Republic MMO that Bioware is working on. Indeed, you have a nerd boner for it. I do, and and we've talked a number of times about Knights of the Old, Old Republic, the first one, which was made by Bioware as well. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to go back and really think about how different Knights of the Old Republic Two was, which is made by Obsidian, not Bioware. It's a different team, I think. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And. Uh, so it's been it's been interesting. I've only played a little bit of it, and uh, there's some things that really strike me about it. For one, um, I mean, it's the same system. It's the same engine that runs on. It's the same uh, graphic stylings. Mm-hmm. Technically, Technically, they are the, the same, same platform. Yeah. And there, there's a lot of pretty much a lot of reuse of textures. And, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The art uh, assets are there. Yeah. Um, so really what you, what I'm looking at from the game is well then they have to have a different story they mm-hmm. have to have new 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 sound new voice acting indeed um that kind of stuff uh and sound is fine but what really gets to me is how um non-interesting the storyline is and mm-hmm. how um how enthralled you are by it yeah <laughs> so like nice little republic 1 like it actually like there there's powerful moments and it left you feeling like there was a real kind of existential question that that it really brings up because yeah i mean i think it's it's late enough now in the game's history that you can say you know in the first game it, it turns out that you were this villain and your actions during the game you know determine whether or not you turned away from that or returned to it and so it asks a big question about are we predestined to be what we were or can we change? And so there's, there's this huge thematic uh, device in, in the game that actually makes the game itself, how you play mm-hmm. actually helps you answer the question that like the, that central question. Well, about I, yeah. That. I don't think anyone that ever played KOTOR one was kind of like, eh, I don't like the story. It was built beautifully. Uh, the yeah. narrative was really strong. What they and I'm trying to remember. Did they mention midichlorians and Kotor one? Yeah, there's no midichlorians. Okay, I think I think that was before midichlorians evolved. <laughs> okay, or something. I couldn't remember if it they... was also before Backstreet uh, for Insync became uh, or Backstreet Boys. I can't remember which one was the ones that he wanted to put in the movies. What? Oh, you didn't hear about that? No. You know, like George Lucas's daughter really wanted like it was really like and I think it was either Insync or Backstreet Boys <sighs> and wanted them in with the new movies. They should have gone with the Jonas Brothers before when they were ten. Yeah, they could have been Darth. <laughs> they all could, three of them. All three of them. Uh, no, that's not right. And it makes me sad. The more you tell me about George Lucas and pull back the cover on his sadness, I just I don't I don't. Do you see he filed a, they filed, Lucas Arts uh, filed a lawsuit today about against the company that's making the laser that looks kind of like a lightsaber oh, for copyright infringement. No, I did see that there was a Twitter application on Android that was bought by another company and renamed from Twitdroid to Twitroid, which makes me think of hemorrhoids. Oh yeah, or. <laughs> Because the the, the, the the app is gonna like and, grow, grow tits and, and on start top of that, itself. just to make sure that they never get sued because they had been like a cease and desist letter from THX or yeah. Lucasfilm, they're spelling it now with like D R Y O D or T W I T R Y O D. Like, it, <laughs> I really wow. hate how Lucasfilm just like obsesses with we own droid, no one else does, no one's ever it's used dumb. No one's ever used the term droid before 1978. Well, yeah, of course not. No, it, it never been. 
Hey, given the chance, they would take Android as well. Of course they would. Of course they would. Yeah. Yeah. But regardless of George Lucas's sadness, that makes me sad. He's a sad cloud. He really is. He is. A Uh, sad, rainy cloud on everyone else's parade. He is. And unfortunately, he just has gotten less attractive with age. Well, that's... Few people do the opposite. Sean Connery. Well, okay, you go for the ex- obvious example. Who else? Karen Sajet. Yeah, part of a computer, <laughs> and doesn't exist. She's real. Yeah, in your brains and your bizarre sexual fetish dreams. <laughs> My fever dreams. Yeah. Uh, and uh, well, back on Kotor. Uh, yeah, it had a strong narrative that ran yeah. the entire way through, and. I was just trying to remember a Kotor too, so I was looking it up. You're like a person that's just trying to reestablish a connection with the Force. Yeah. This is five years after Kotor won. Mm-hmm. All the Jedi have been killed except for you. Of course. Which, why is it that every era in the Star Wars universe, everyone dies but you? I have a theory about this. Yes. Are you Jesus? I have a theory that George Lucas is perpetually reliving the Holocaust. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> these things. Because it, it, it's exactly what it is. It's like, oh, yeah, all of your kind are killed off by but, these horrible fascists. But it's not like after World again, War II. And again and again. Okay, but it's not like after World War II, the UN sent one Jew to Palestine and said, build a nation. Yeah, okay, so George Lucas is not a great writer. <laughs> and so everyone else is, <laughs> is trying to emulate him. There, there was a. There was a PvP um, strip from this last week, PvP Online. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's by, uh, Scott Kurtz, and he, it, it's they're playing with little Star Wars toys, and Yoda's telling Luke about how, oh, you, you know, look at me, I, I had everything in the past, and now I'm stuck in a fucking swamp, <laughs> eating my own <laughs> refuse, <laughs> which he was. So quit whining to me about your difficulties with the Force and lift that damn starship with your mind. But it, it is true. It's it, like it's like they're in Coder Two. They're they they've effectively said, well, you know, we're just going to retell the the standard the standard Jedi story from the movies because thinking of something in the actual real uh, old Republic world would be a little too difficult. The Messiah origin story is useful in many different ways. It is an archetype. Yeah, but having more than one Messiah story in the in the same, same universe, universe, yeah. Well, you're the you're Messiah. Every 1. hundred 0. years, a Jedi Messiah must rise from the ashes of a destroyed Jedi Order. Okay, how are these guys the, the custodians of the galaxy if they get killed <laughs> off every generation? Because they really just lose. They take their eye off the ball. They were really like, do. "Oh yeah, they're supremely powerful." And uh, except we against these other except more someone powerful always rolls guys. through and kills yes. them all. Yeah, pretty much. And, and they're always wearing black. And in 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 Coder Two, it's it's like. There's, there's like, like there's really almost no Sith too. Like there's barely any of those. So it's not like the Sith killed off the Jedi. Well, I mean, they did, but it's normal people without fucking mad magic monk powers doing it. That's right. Actually, on top of that, so the only reason why you lived in Kotor too is because you're in exile from the original Jedi Order before the Jedi Order was destroyed. Yeah. Okay. Like, it, it, it's it's just got they they've got they had multiple like you know you know Deus exes basically throughout the throughout the storyline they're like oh yeah well um you were sent away you were the only one who was sent away well only one laziness has a place in all forms of storytelling 
<sighs> Welcome to Lucasfilm Limited. And, and I think that that's what really gets me is that, that it is such a step down from the Bioware storytelling. Yeah, I see this really in the same way as, gosh, there was another game that I was thinking of right when you brought that up. Same engine, same technology, same assets, essentially art assets, different development team. And it's completely a different kind of game. You get a completely different feel from it, different read. The narrative's different or broken. And I, for the life of me, I can't remember what it is. But also right now that I'm thinking about a lot of book series that I've read in mm-hmm. which you have, or even TV series, in which you have <laughs> like someone that writes a majority of the episodes and then you have someone that writes one. And it's like, what the hell? These characters are acting completely different from how we watch them in every other episode Did or every other game. Like, like read the Cliff's notes of the yeah. of this of this storyline. The with Coder Two, what it felt like to me was is like the development team um, they see how how well Codor did, mm-hmm. and I, I think it did fairly well sales wise. It was it was popular. People really liked the RPG community. Loved it. Yeah, and it was critically successful. And they're like, okay, well. People didn't like it for the story. They might, they only liked it for the system. We just have to have something set in the same using right. the same system. Is is what it, what the game feels like? Well, it sold a lot, uh, and it made them a lot of money. Well, there you go. Drives <laughs> 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 me insane. Insane. Well, it's not as bad as it could be. It could be like some of those X Files episodes back from the nineties. Yeah, there's some really hit or miss ones in there. Well, yeah, it was like when they were. But the funny episodes were always the best. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'll take that. They did humor like, well. the, like the Lord Kimboat episode because they did humor rarely. Mm-hmm. It was like Xena. It it's like <laughs> it's with Sam Raimi, you always have to do a couple of weird ass, crazy ass episodes <laughs> in which it's like, hey, everyone's a descendant of themselves in the 20th century, making a TV show about their descend or ascendants. <laughs> that just blew my mind. Whoa! It's meta. Totally meta. Totally meta. So, have you been playing a second game, or should I talk about it? No, no, we should go talk about it. What have you been playing at? The big game that I've been spending a lot of time on this week is Dark Void. Ah, Dark Void, is that, you you fly around? You fly around, and actually, I'm really enjoying it. It's the Rocketeer with guns? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is the Rocketeer with guns set in a really cool alternate world thing. I I have a dirty secret. I totally loved the Rocketeer. I love the Rocketeer, too. That was a great movie. Yeah. Uh, who was the main character or main actor? Fuck if I know. Yeah, I should know. He, like it. gone. He was in. He was in a couple things and around that like time, gone. and it was like the Rocketeer, which I think was a flop. It was, if I remember correctly, it was like yeah. a horrible flop. Was like after that, that no one wanted to hire him. <laughs> or maybe he's like really become popular, but he's like horribly disfigured by his ro- horrible Rocketeering accident. <laughs> he probably was. I I like those. Yeah, I, that that's a completely different issue from Dark Void, but. Oh, that's right. This was Jennifer Connelly's first big break, right? Um, that would be Labyrinth. Oh, Labyrinth. Okay. It was Bill Campbell. Oh, man. That's just... Yeah. Oh, yes. Those... Man, I can't believe that was 1991. God, that's... that's. I'm an old man now. I'm an, I'm an <laughs> old man now if I'm thinking fondly about a movie from 20 years ago. That's 19, 19 years this ago. This movie came out before the fall of the USSR. God, don't put it like that. <laughs> yeah, it's much better to put it like Jeez. that. Uh, and yeah, Dark Void is is actually really kind of cute. I you really got it like, for like it. ten bucks, right? ten dollars on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, that's you know it was one of these. It got really kind of mediocre reviews, and it launched as a sixty dollar game, and mm. shortly it was fifty, and then shortly thereafter again it was forty. And when I saw it for ten dollars on Amazon, brand new, Prime, 
Got it the following day. Actually got it two days later for free shipping. Uh, loving it. It's it's actually just a really cute game. It's uh, the voice actor from Uncharted. Okay. Uh, is is it? It's Nathan Drake's character. Voice actor is I can't remember. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Who does the guy that acting. Peter. Sorry, poop poop. Peter. <laughs> Peter is in love with. Uh, that voice actor that's doing like all the voice acting work in 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 the video game industry as of late, mm-hmm. uh, and in every single game he goes after minorities. I'm getting to think the voice act is some sort of racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need this. If I'm gonna do the voice acting for you, I need uh, the enemies to be a racial minority. Yeah, they they should definitely be white Asian people, <laughs> and have them all be aliens. Yeah, slavs. Uh, <laughs> It's a really natural formula. Yeah. You get used to it. Yeah. But the game, uh, yeah, there's a couple of mechanical problems. <laughs> and I, I say that uh, generously. Like, is, is it a control problem or is it just like all of a sudden random shit happens? It is a mechanical problem with the game world they created. So obviously you're in a rocket pack and you're right. flying around. How do you easily transition to landing on your feet? You kind of. Go vertical and then cut down the engine? Kind of, but at the same time, you're firing and avoiding getting hit by other bullets and flying spaceships Do you just end up, like, ramming your head into the ground? <laughs> Pretty much, yes. That's so hilarious. So, you're, so there are a lot of uh, moments in which you're flying around, and there's there's actually some nice quick-time mechanics in which uh, you're you, there's a spaceship flying after you. You have to grab onto it. You run around the exterior of it as it floats because they look like UFOs, uh-huh. and you're opening up uh, an access hatch on these little spaceships to throw a wrench in there and, and blow up a cable, and then it'll blow up. Right. Because, uh, of course, you know, just like, Actually, going again back to Star Wars and Star Wars Episode One, uh, I of course am going to st- uh, store the entire energy propulsion system at the end of my dock, which everyone can access readily. Yeah, it's just like in the spaceship. I'm going to put everything under this little access door that says "Do not open under penalty of oh blowing God, yourself up." Oh God, this will destroy up. us. Yeah, it's like this is the destruction button. We're going to put it on the exterior. <laughs> we'll disguise it with a big button over it yeah. with a little sign that says "Do not touch" for fear of, dest- uh, of destruction. Yeah. Uh, so as you're as you jump onto it, you do this little quick time event. You're running around the rim, and and the center thing's shooting at you. So you have to go back and forth, and you pull it up every so often, uh, every every chance you get, and then finally blow it up. And then you have to jump off it and fly around and kill other people throughout the entire time you're doing this. It's really hack- hectic, and then you have to go and get into a place, a a cave, a landing facility, a dock, and. And they're almost always buildings that have roofs and walls. So you're flying to this tiny ass little area really, really, really fast that might not be that well lit with things shooting at you. Oh, God. And you kind of just like you get in there and it's like auto aim fire, turn off the boosters, land, maybe roll into something, lose half of your health, get up. Oh, so you take damage when you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. And then you stand up and you just happen to like crash into a crate in the middle of a fucking room with 10 people pointing at you. Of course. So if you... Element of surprise. Yeah, it, it's... They really set up the game so that you have to do things kind of in order. Fight mm-hmm. everything in the sky. Then you can land carefully. 
If it's if <laughs> like in other games like Call of Duty, you're you're forced to just keep moving forward and forward and right. forward, and you can't take the time to like sit there and exactly and things will keep spawning. Yeah, exactly. They they have spawn rooms that just keep popping things out. In this game, they don't. So it's it's just different from a lot of games huh. that have taught us recently. Just keep moving forward, even if it looks like it might be dangerous. Like you have a squad, it'll go with you. In this game, you're alone. So it's an action game where it's like, yeah, take your time, be careful. Pretty much. And it's funny, there's a lot of like, oh god, you have to escape right now. There's a bug in one of the early missions in which you have to get out of an exploding dock arena thingy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says, if you know, it, it's falling down around you and the entire building shakes. You could just walk away and make yourself a sandwich, maybe walk the dog around, go to the post office and wait in line for two hours, come back, and it'll still be saying, what's well, falling down around you? And the second you get out, it will actually explode. Oh god. Which really isn't that bad. Yeah, because you don't want to penalize players. Yeah, for being... And on top of these, all these are like unfamiliar settings that you hadn't gone in the front door. You kind of started the mission in or run the back door, and then it's exploding. You get turned around easily. It's There's a lot of really tiny, long, narrow corridors with absolutely nothing in them. Oh. But there's a lot of flying, so... Okay. Uh, I'm I'm actually really enjoying the game. It's it's really hard to knock it for its price. I, yeah, you ten, can ten bucks is hard to beat. Right now, Amazon has game. it for fifteen. Oh wow! So it's it's I think a great buy. Okay. And I've been liking it. Hmm. How long do you think of a game? Do you think it's going to be how many hours? Probably. It sounded like six to eight. Okay. Ain't that certainly cheaper than a movie? It's true. It, it certainly. Actually, is. this is the price of a movie. Yeah. Except you get at least three to- at least twice the, the the length. Yeah, and with a movie, you get popcorn shit on your feet. That's true. God. Or urine, if you're lucky. <laughs> Thanks, Edward. Cinemas. Edward's <laughs> regal. <laughs> Bastards. So, what's the other game you've been playing? Uh, the other game I stole and been playing was Spore, um, the uh, Max's. Oh, game. right. Yes. Uh, so what is your gut reaction to Will Wright's magnum opus? You're right. You can't do it. Can you? The gut reaction I have to it is the same gut reaction I had to Peter Molyneux's fable. Oh, that you didn't like fable. I was given a bill of goods (laughs) and the product list did not match it. I, it will write. Is EA's other Peter Molyneux? I really think so. And I actually don't think it's his fault. No, I don't think it was his fault at all. Uh, he was building a very different game than I think what Maxis, which mm-hmm. is now like EM Sim City or SimWorks or The Sims. Something like that. Oh, they're calling it The Sims. Which is just. The development studio is called EA the Sims, Sims. Are working or working on The Sims. Yeah. Yeah. That's meta. Uh, you know, Spore was also the first game that had sort of this constant connection to the internet as required for playing. No. No? No. What was before it? I I don't have to have be a constant connection to the internet to play. Really? Huh. Now, was if, that I, if I wanted to... No. I'm playing, I think it was I'm, patched out. I, yeah, it must have been patched out because I am playing completely without without connecting okay. it. Because I remember when we got it, there was like two things. You had to be connected to an EA account and it stores everything. It starts to sync a lot of stuff online, back up your settings and characters and universe yeah. and all that shit. And you can share it. And there was Star Force, that DRM thing that was like mm-hmm. had to have a constant connection to the internet, the CD and the drive, all that crap. You know, the normal Star Force stuff, it doesn't work with half the DVD readers out there and it has an incompatibility with Windows 7 and 
Uh, if you stand on your left foot and say Gibraltar, then your computer will explode while it's on. No convenient. Yeah, yeah. All the I, normal Star Force stuff. This one actually, both Tara and I are using it. We don't have to have the disc in the drive. You whore. We're not connected. We don't signed into an EA account. Is this playing normal? Which is weird because I thought that I had to be signed into an EA account to actually be playing it. And so yeah, okay, cool. that's my memory. We we ended up buying two copies. Uh, this was also, I think, like the first EA game in which it links to those accounts yeah. uh, at the beginning, and you have to unregister them, like deauthorizing iTunes. Yeah. After you install it, I think originally they were saying like you can only install on two computers, and then it was like three, and then it was like five. <laughs> and it's like, who cares? And then, and then, of course, after opening day weekend, they're like, who cares anymore? We made all of our money back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my. So what what was on your bill of goods that you didn't get? So every phase except for the space phase is like completely just myopic kind of, bullshit. Yeah, it's uh you kind of run around doing piddly little tasks, not mm-hmm. not very much variety to them. There's basically three options you can do at any given time and mm-hmm. that is it. Yes. Like in the in the cell phase you RSL. You're a cell. You <laughs> choose to eat meat. You choose to eat grass. You choose to eat both. Yeah. That's it. That's all you do. Like, there's no complicated, like, exploration, discovery. There's no, there's really no difficulty either. And that's fine. But at that stage of the game, there's not enough tools to actually, like, let you control your, your cell mm-hmm. enough to actually make it worthwhile. Like, you can give them spikes. That's about it. You can give them a sucker yeah, on give, their belly. You can give them a couple different things, but it's like there's there's no point to it. I like doing the really weird stuff like one sucker just right in the center of their belly. Yeah. And then one arm coming out of you know, their neck. I like doing the, <laughs> um, the the electric current generator like it's a little butt plug. <laughs> so, you know, you, you finish the cell phase, you get to the uh, the 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 out of the water phase, whatever that is, the creature phase. What we should make is a quarter phase human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> I should do that. I'm sure someone has by now. Yeah, probably. But and even in that one, like all you do is just like, okay, I'm going to either make friends with these creatures or I'm going to eat them. Yes, or that's yeah. all you do. And then run around looking for bones that you can suck the marrow out of. Now, I remember when I played through it, I felt like, first, there's these five stages, and you get to, you get through them. And then I felt, well, now there's an entirely different level of the game. It's just the space stage. Yeah. Uh, have you spent much time there? So almost all the game is the space stage. Like like the, the cell stage, the creature stage, the tribal stage, the mm-hmm. civilization stage. They're tiny compared to how much time. I finished those on my first creature, the Lucafont. Yeah, I actually... In, in an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, I was going to say like an hour or two, I think. In fact, I think the first one I actually deleted the civilization one back. The civilization one, like I was done with it in two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like the creature phase I took forever on because I was you know, designing what my guy would look like yeah. but the civilization phase bam completely gone done so have you do you like the space stage because I had mixed feelings specifically about it's that boring it, it kind of is you just fly you, around you take on little missions yeah it, it actually has all the elements of wow that I hated you are doing stupid repetitive tasks for everyone else for no reason indeed and like like they they've got this whole grox thing that's kind of loosely an objective 
but you don't really have any control. Like this game is predicated upon you having godlike power over a but not that a cell, a creature, a tribe. Remember, a you're you're an intelligent age. creator. You're not a god. <sighs> like yeah, it, 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 there was none of the control. Um, like I yeah, it wasn't even as, as in control as populous. Yeah, or even black and white. No, it was not. Yeah. And I was I was like really excited about the game because I was like I really look forward to really creating my own creature. And you mm-hmm. can do quite a bit. Yeah, but it's it's almost all limited. visual. Yeah, well, it's, it's almost severely, all cosmetic. It's severely limited. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of have to make do with. Okay, well, I'll use a bat wing there as that feature. It's so you can or, float and make a little butt I'll plug. Keep the proboscis around to be like a trunk, I guess. It it just felt like it was faking it the entire time. Like like Jamie Bamber. <laughs> what? I felt like he was faking it the entire time. No, go ahead. Okay. So, yeah. there I The building phase, too. You can build stuff, but it all looks like SimCity crap. Like, like Well, that's why I feel that this game got a bad rap, because it is just a different kind of SimCity. Yeah, that, that's really what it is. And, and no I, one ever really gave SimCity crap for being a city builder, where it's open-ended and you can play in your sandbox as long as you want. But I think people, again, expectations were set differently. I remember specifically interviews with Will Wright, perhaps even years before Spore came (laughs) out, in which he was talking about the end game is going to be almost Master of Orion-like, in which you'll be building a star civilization Mm -hmm. that will span the galaxy. And it's nothing like that whatsoever. No, it's Galactic Gopher. Yes, it is Galactic Gopher. (laughs) I, I found myself. Um, I, I I've been playing this playing the space age for like four hours, five mm-hmm. hours, and I'd gotten so bored with it that I had taken saw myself. All I was doing was going in one direction through the galaxy, mm-hmm. meeting new people, you know, becoming um, friends with them so that I could refuel my ship for for cheap, mm-hmm. and then moving on so I could avoid my own. <laughs> my own civilization because all they would do is complain about eco disasters. Yeah, yeah. I well, being attacked by pirates. Well, fucking defend yourselves. Yes, that's what Shit. your civilization's for. God, you've got six, seven turrets I put in place. I'm Shit. trying to remember because this came out in what early 2008. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. When we started playing this, I I think I did like four or five species and got them all to the space stage. And by the time I had spent a couple of hours in the space stage with each, I, I kind of was done with this game. Oh, God, yeah. I don't think I've probably spent more than 20 hours in this game, sadly. Mm-hmm. And, well, I guess it's really and not it that has sad. so much potential. It did. And, I, and, and, I, and it, it is just like Fable in that it's a good game. It is, it's well made. The graphics are, are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's stuff to do. They, it, it really is just a SimCity game. Yeah. But... The different the distance between what I was promised and what I got, it's it's enough to really unsettle me. So, kind of a disappointing game. How much did it cost you? Nothing, because my dad bought it <laughs> two years ago. Oh, he stays up on top of games when they come out, huh? Yeah, he does. Nice. That's the advantage of you know having a job. <laughs> How's fun employment? It's a uh, very <laughs> unemployed like. Uh. The one thing I guess that I want to finish Spore on is I think, I'm trying to remember, other than the World of Warcraft expansion packs, Mm -hmm. I think that is the last physical game I bought for the PC. I can believe it. 
I'm pretty sure everything since then has been Steam and Impulse. Why would you do anything else? Save, of course, the collector's editions of the World of Warcraft stuff. Yeah. Yeah, they're not making people buy physical items. Yeah. Don't you want to buy a CD that will get scratched and be unusable? Well, make people actually use physical goods. Yeah. They don't have to. Well, it's like the New York Times. They're in the dead tree paper business. Seriously. Yeah, they're not in the news I don't know why they're trying to make it as... (laughs) A paper anymore. They should have just been because we've always been at war with East Asia. Uh, I've also been playing Call of Duty Four, Modern Warfare One. There you go. So, what do you think of Modern Warfare One? I when when the nuke went off, did you shit your pants? I cried a little. I just like Jack Bauer. When I cry, my my tears kill Chuck Norris and cure cancer. I heard Jack Bauer actually cries tears of blood. No, he does not. Uh, I do like how in the last three seasons or so, maybe even four, you know, three, se- four, four seasons of twenty-four, there always has to be a dramatic moment where he cries. See, I refused to watch the show after I saw like two or three episodes, and I'm like, this is the dumbest show I've ever which, seen. Which which season? Well, let's see, I watched one episode in the season where because hackers first- were. Oh, the the nation firewall. Yeah, that was season seven. That yeah, was bullshit. That was bullshit. Uh, <laughs> hey, the, the FBI is in the, charge the of a first, national firewall. The, I saw an episode like in the first season where he's basically torturing someone. Yeah, and I'm like, this is torture porn. This is torture. This porn. is this is this is unhealthy. I have for people to say, to watch. season eight, amazing torture porn. Like he yeah, took, he no took pliers. Watching that he shit. took pliers to someone's abdomen, and started pulling flesh off. Yeah, that's just sadism. Well, he was really anybody sad. who likes he was really that. sad. Someone just shot his girlfriend in the neck, and she died. She gets what she had coming to her for being in twenty four. <laughs> Everyone that he that he knows should know that after eight fucking years of every single year something horrible well, happening in a twenty four hour time frame. That you shouldn't be around him. Not to go on about 24 for longer than this last comment, but does anyone else find it weird that 24 was always set each season, which is one day, was set 18 months apart? It's a little weird. At that point, the last season is in 2020, the year 2020. Yet everyone's driving around 2010 vehicles and using Sprint, which is bullshit. This is a global economic recession that lasts for the That's next right, ten years. Yes. We've always been at war with the East Asia. <laughs> <laughs> Good tie-in. Uh, in it's the Call of war. Duty Four, I I don't know what to think about it. Really? I really don't. When I play through it, it seems so craptastic movie of the week plot. Yeah, it seems like you remember in the '90s, like Atomic Train on NBC. Oh God, yeah. You remember like Meteor. You remember or or uh, like you like remember Chuck Norris Invasion USA. Oh, I don't remember that. Thank God. Whereas like Slavic mercenaries uh, landing in Florida at Christmas time. Uh, that's Steven Seagal territory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, think I, about I, all Steven like, Seagal uh, movies. Earthquake 11.0, and then there is like or 10.0, and then the like sequel. Disaster movies. The sequel is like 10.5. The aftershock. Meteor tsunami. Yeah. Uh, it, it's this level of ridiculous. I don't. I can't take it seriously, which is well, sad. No. I and see, that's why I refuse to play those fucking games. Really? Yeah. Well, that and you don't like shooters. 
I like well done shooters. Indeed. So that's why I'm wondering, like, I in it, gosh, how many Operation Flashpoint, uh-huh. uh, even Bad Company, these games are kind of, uh, at least tied mm-hmm. to rational thought and geopolitics, <laughs> but this is nuts. So I like, have I have a comparison for you. Crazy, like people look at Call of Duty Four and think what the fuck were you guys thinking with this game narrative? Right. What is your theory? So uh, my theory is that Call of Duty 4 is to first-person shooters as mainstream rap is to hip-hop. Huh. So. I don't, since I know nothing about what so white about people it, do in their it garages. Is, it is, it, it basically, it feels like it's entirely made by a corporate focus group. Oh, okay. I, I see where you're going. So it's like, okay, like in, in the rap, they're like, okay, well, hey, we've got this new artist. We need him to talk about um, Ladies. Set, putting down women. Uh-huh. Um, we need him to talk <laughs> no, about I, the, the money he's making. You should seriously find a job like that because I can already see you in it, sitting in a suit in a room, talking. With suspenders. Yes, with cigar. suspenders. <laughs> no, no cigar. Uh, but you're just a normal white guy with glasses with suspenders as a lawyer sitting in a room saying, we, we need you, little John. To denigrate women, talk about cash, <laughs> and shooting your opponents, I, I guess your enemies. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I, like, I want to be well, at the whiteboard uh, meeting the, where the, they sketch the, that all out. The shooting your enemies um, is really polling well with the um, middle class <laughs> white moves. male condition yeah. mm-hmm. in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's, you know, large corporate artists, that's what they do. They do, okay, well, that's, that's what I'm supposed to talk about. It may have nothing to do with who they are, but it's all about selling. And Call of Duty 4, to me, man, that's all it is. It's like, okay, we have a whole bunch of frat boys who've been drinking Keystone Light for the last yeah. 24 hours before they get pick up this game. What are they going to want as the touchstones in a game they play? How can we guarantee they'll buy this game, tell their friends to buy this game, and then they'll buy the second one in exorbitant uh, uh, rates? Well, let's see... Shoot, shoot, shooting, uh, are, are, is, is there going to be some sort of, I don't know, Middle Eastern uh, people you're shooting? Yes. There we go. In fact, during the intro cutscene, you take the place, you you jump into the body of the president of Fakistan and get executed. Yeah. Do, do you have to have talk about how everybody outside the United States is a hor- has a horrible way of, lo- way of life and they're horrible people? Yeah. Check. Yeah. Do, do you have nuclear weapon usage? Because nukes are cool. Yeah. Do you have, you know, wholesale slaughter of de- defenseless people? Yes. Yeah. It's like they hit every single marketing touchstone for horrible people, which is, frankly, a large percentage of the Call of Duty uh, purchasing base. Well, that and there's a lot of stupid stereotypes in this game. Yeah. Uh, because that's what they're, that's what it, who they're aiming at. Even early, I'm trying to remember, yeah, even early on, you go on this mission with some Russians, and you guys are the British SAS, Mm-hmm. And of course, the British SAS. Everyone has handlebar mustaches, of course, uh, and everyone is prim and proper. Yeah, and everyone doesn't say anything bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you meet up with these Russians that you ran a mission with, mm-hmm. which course. makes no sense, none at all, because the entire game world is describing the Russians as this nebulous evil force that is democratic with air quotes, but isn't really because they're evil and they have nukes. But yet, 
you've still gone on missions and trust this Russian guy, except he's Russian. So, of course, he's drunk and he can't be trusted. And he's like uh, Red Dead Redemption, where he keeps saying, <laughs> I will help you as long as you do this thing, except I mean uh, this other thing, except now I mean this other thing, except now I mean this other thing. And oh, now yeah, I, I can't don't have help what you. you want. And now I can't help you. <laughs> it, 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 it feels I, like they just, they like, they had. Okay, we have everything we have to put in a game. Yeah. You All get, the stereotypes that are, uh, people expect. Rogue Russian uh, military people uh, propping up oil-rich Middle Eastern country. The rail shooting part where you get to hose down uh, buildings yes. and kill people? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. put it yeah. in there. Yep. Because all these fucking cowboys wishes, wish, wish, wish they were in an AC-30 killing insurgents. Yes. Not that they'll ever join the military. No. no. But damn it, that's really what I like to do after I get home from the grill. Uh, it's just this game and and see and it, for me I tried the multiplayer I'm really really over deathmatch you're over deathmatch of just constantly responding to get ki- killed by the people who are, who figured out the cheapest way of playing a level over and over again yes and it doesn't take skill it just takes map knowledge and yes quick reflexes yes there's a reason why I haven't played Counter Strike since college oh my gosh it's almost like that's what deathmatch is yes. There's a reason why I like team-based strategy, mm-hmm. like Team Fortress, Left 4 Dead. Yeah. Uh, there, There's a reason why I really enjoy those experiences and really, really, really hate these experiences. Deathmatch is, which, you know, it has its point. It can be fun, especially if you're playing small-scale with people you know. Mm-hmm. Because then it's it's funny. Well, no, usually. yeah, exactly. If you have a group but of people. Anonymous against, uh, over the internet. Well, and that's the that? thing. Like, I, I, I'd play with you if I could, but you don't have a PC. You don't have a copy of the game. I'd play with Peter, but he played it two years ago. I mean, that's one of the problems with this game. Whereas I can jump in Team Fortress Two. What four years after it came out? Yeah, and it's still freaking awesome. And it's still freaking. I can get onto a public server and have an amazing time with people I have never met before. Yeah, that that are actually people willing to use voice chat. Hell, I mean, I have been. Utterly blown away by the people who play Left 4 Dead on the PC and Left 4 Dead 2. There are people I've never met before that use voice chat. And is and I can tell if you sound like a 13-year-old and you mention penis within me joining the game of 30 seconds, I leave. Yeah. But if you sound like a 13-year-old and you're like, yeah, man, great kill. And yeah, let's go this way. And hey, stick together. There, I've had amazing experiences in Left 4 Dead because it forces you to play together. Yeah. It rewards you for playing together and punishes you for playing individually. And these games like Call of Duty 4, I, I detest. I really, the multiplayer, it makes me angry. Yeah. Especially when people go on and on and on, but I have to reach the new prestige. I have to get this little tiny non. I have to run to my rat cage. This non persistent, semi permanent. Weapons upgrade. So you do you know how the prestige system works in these no. new Call of Duties? So after you do a certain you have to number, do a certain number of things, uh, a certain number of kills and and shit in multiplayer, you just increase your prestige and you can go up to like six six ranks and there's ten levels each rank, so you can go to like rank six, level ten, and level then at that sixty then yeah, mm. and and at that point you have like you can get gold guns and you can get bullets that are faster, more killy than other bullets and. It really sets off. It really fucks up the dynamics. Yeah. Because I this it's two years after the game came out. I'm playing it for the first time. Actually, it's two and a half years. Yeah. After the game came out, I'm playing it for the first time, and people on public servers 
have really powerful shit I don't understand. Mm-hmm. And the single player, I don't, I just, I don't understand the fascination with Call of Duty specifically. I, uh, you know, I like the original Call of Duty. The original Call of Duties were that amazing. Is, that is a Before completely four, different beast. Exactly. One through three were World War II shooters. Well, and they, they, were, they were heavily scripted. Exactly. And those were the moments I loved. I remember calling Sean into the room and telling her, look at what just happened. And I would, I would go back to the last checkpoint and do it again because it was so amazing. Well, and also the first Call of Duty, like it, it has its moments of you know the greatest generation. This is great stuff. Mm-hmm. But then also it it actually in some ways did a very good job of capturing that war is horrible. Yes. Whereas the mod, Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare Two, man, it's all they are is, is it is amazing is to shoot people in the face. Yes, especially when you should bad go people. shoot people in the face, especially if they don't look like you. Shoot facing is awesome. And like, I mean, don't get me wrong. It, it's I wanna entertainment. Make a, I Pe- want to make people... a game called Shoot Face Six. Yeah, Shoot Face Six, awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a game. People should play it because they want to have fun. Some people no, really enjoy the shooters, but I think it is. I think the the example is that the first Call of Duty was really high quality game while not taking the shortcuts. Yeah, and I feel like they've transitioned away from gameplay to set pieces and production values. Obviously, this is a Jerry Bruckheimer film. Like, you yeah. play through... that. Actually, that's the best description. Mm-hmm. To me, it felt like a Jerry Bruckheimer film, like The Island, a movie that makes no fucking sense. But it looks... There's some pretty people in it, though. Pretty people. It looked amazing, and shit blew up. Is that Jerry Bruckheimer? Wasn't it? I don't know. I always mis- I always mis- I sure. always transpose Michael Bay and Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh, it might have been Michael Bay. Well, they are the same person. And they're completely different. Jerry Bruckheimer though, just the CSI, which is all the I pretty Michael people. Bay. I totally pretty people t- <laughs> playing with entrails uh, in darkly lit rooms in the middle of the day, taking on and off their sunglasses over and over. And then you see something, then you say something witty. He met his last ride. And that's right, Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and the red. Was it Michael? Oh, God. Anyway, just I'm playing through it. It's, it looks really good, and they obviously spent a lot of money on it, and they they polished it, but they polished a blockbuster movie that just happens to be a game. It's a turd. I would I would say this is not one of my it's favorite bright, games ever. It's not even one of my favorite turd. games ever. I don't. I and that's the thing that I I don't understand with this this game specifically is everyone goes on and on and on and on and on about how awesome Call of Duty 4 and Call of Duty 6 are mm-hmm. and I'm just not seeing it. I really yeah. am not. And the only reason why I own this game is because it was, you know, $25 for six and fucking that, Call I of think Duty it's over, games. Overpriced. $25 for six Call of Duty games? Yes. <laughs> Man, you expect a lot. I do. I really do. That's four. Do- that's that's three dollars a game. I, I am jaded beyond belief about that's, this. That's kind four dollars a game. About Call of Duty. Four dollars a game. Now, if it was uh, all the battlefields, which I think are infinitely better, higher quality first-person shooters, we talk. Maybe. And you know, uh, Call of Duty Five, which I've spent maybe thirty minutes in, looks really nice too. Which one's five? Five is World at War. You go back to oh, World War right. II, except you are an American in the Pacific Theater. Right. So you start the game as a, uh, a prisoner of war of the Japanese, and you just get 
you watch one of the evil. Okay, by the way, I, this is probably the biggest complaint I have with a game like in. You know me, I'm Mister Insensitive. Mm-hmm. Okay, I really. It's am. true. You punched a baby once because he was crying. Yeah, shut up. Uh, this the beginning of Call of Duty Five: World at War. You are a prisoner of war of the Japanese. You are in this hut, this grass hut, and there's a compatriot with you, another American. He gets his neck cut in front of you and you know murdered mm-hmm. after these guys have been t- interrogating you and you choose to give them nothing. The guy that does it, though, the Japanese man, looks exactly, exactly like the gorilla Japanese posters that the Americans made during World oh, War II. That's right. That's the right. Horribly, Five was the horribly, horribly racist one. And I've, I'm all, yeah, I've only played that first beach mission. I'm like, this is not. It looks really good, but that first moment was not right, okay? They made an inhuman Japanese person to murder you, so you felt good about killing him. Yeah. And it makes me feel really queasy about the guys who are fucking making these games. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from me. I hate fucking people. Yeah. You would kill these people given the chance. Yes. But you prefer not to have a reason. I'm not going to... F- I Oh! Yeah, that, that actually, I, I did see that part. I remember, I remember seeing the video of that and thinking, wow, people were going to eat this up. I was blown away did. by how retarded that was. People are into that. I fucking hate people. You know, it, it, is, it is 65 years after the end of hostilities from World War II. Yes, and, and people s- still go on about how the Japanese are the worst people ever. Like they're a fucking hive creature from Ender's Game. They never learn their lesson. They're just people. I hate people. Ah. So what else have you been playing? That's really it. Okay. I've also finished Alan Wake. Oh, Alan Wake. Is that a transition? It can be. But I actually just want to talk about my last game. I finished Alan Wake. Yeah. How how would you rate the ending for you? Was it good? Mm, entire storyline seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, ending maybe eight out of ten. Kicked up a little bit. Okay. Uh, but the big news this week going into World of the News. World of the News by Ginger and, and the, the Roos. The Roos. <laughs> I screwed you up. Ha ha ha. I'm horribly ashamed. You should be. Pee on yourself. <laughs> I am fountaining. <laughs> It is disgusting, yet highly erotic. <laughs> you should go to Germany for that. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Make a big a lot of money. So going back to kind of this idea of big-ass blockbusters that you spend a lot of movie on. A lot and, of movie on? <laughs> you, lot, you spend a lot of money, money, money. You spend a lot of money on big blockbuster movies. I need to go wash out my brain with soap. Yeah, no, sir. no kidding. <laughs> so they, the company Remedy spent... Five years. Yeah. Five years. Some pretty big production changes, too. 60. Like well, they the, had, the, didn't they have two different engines? Two or three different engines? Yeah, something like that. And they had the change from the, the being episodic release mm-hmm. to having a full packaged mm-hmm. uh, thing. They spent tens of millions of dollars on this game. Yeah. On Alan Wake. Just released in May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this game, after tens of millions of dollars... How many hundreds of employees that have come in and out of that company and contractors uh, in five years, which is longer than almost any movie ever takes, only sold 
135,000 units in the first month. Wow. Which hey, that's, that's a good... It's sad. It's really sad. Almost... Yeah. I mean, they probably didn't even clear $5 million in revenues in the first month. God. And it's not going to have that long of a tail. It, it is definitely not going to have that long of a tail because it's Windows mm-hmm. and Xbox only. And is it even out on Windows yet? Or is that coming later? As as I know. Uh, it's just, it makes me really unhappy that games have become so expensive to create. Uh, and obviously, like, just talking about what we were talking about, they're good-looking games, uh, like the Call of Duties, but at the same time, do we just want every game to be a big-ass blockbuster release? Can't we have an intelligently made, good-looking a creative game like Alan Wake? Or is that asking too much? And again, the only people we can really blame are consumers. Consumers weren't sold on it. So whose fault is that? Is that the fault of the market? Is that the fault of the developer? I do think that part of the problem with this one is that this... I mean, the advertising sucked. Uh, Yeah, it did. The marketing was extremely subpar. Um, I only knew about it because of articles on gaming like review sites. Or you know that are telling oh Alan Wake's coming out Alan Wake's coming and that's the sad but the part a- actual marketing actually... a- actual marketing footprint it had barely any and when it came out it it was adored by critics yeah it it was amazingly well reviewed everyone was anticipating it in the critical community yet it's it felt almost like the company was expecting uh, the critical success and the critical expectations to be what carried its sales. I, That's right. It's Xbox Live only at, at the moment. Yeah. So one platform. I think that you really need could have major hurt advertising it. in that case. You do, and that's something I've always wondered about. You look at like movie costs. Like they were talking about Harry Potter this week. Yeah. Harry Potter obviously is cl- you know past a billion dollars for the most recent one, The Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yet advertising costs itself were two to three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh. And even with all that, it was still technically in the red. Yeah. Uh, if you just look at the balance sheet for that movie. But obviously the movie is profitable. It's just how they're... In the long tail of it's going to be ridiculous. Well, and how they're accounting for it. Like uh, the company that made it, you know, sold a lot of their advertising to mm-hmm. their parent company because it happens to be a television network and stuff like that. What do that. you know? Yeah, it's like, hey, this movie lost money, but we made $20 million by all the ads you bought in primetime. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so I... Synergy. Synergy. <laughs> Vis-a-vis Party in the Red Sea, pre-meeting. <laughs> pre-meeting. Pre-meeting totally sounds like, ring, like ring. something you do and then you don't want to tell your partner about because you're exactly. afraid that they'll think you're less of, less of a man. Ring, ring. Steve, you know I'm in pre-meeting. Don't call me. Oh, God, I just pre-meeting. <laughs> I just pre-meeting all over that bagel. Oh, God. Hot. <laughs> Somebody did that at our T-Mobile event. Which we'll talk about in Portable Tech. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I really just felt like that it, it, it was like they, 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 they didn't advertise it. Like they just didn't. Which is so bizarre. It was almost by itself, release wise. The only was thing the main else, distributor or publisher. Uh, the publisher was Microsoft Game Studios. Well, there you go. Microsoft spends a lot of money on sometimes. Well, that yeah, it's weird. They are they are they are just like most Microsoft components. They are functionally retarded. <laughs> uh, like they can do some things really well, but then they just don't think half the time. 
it, it's it really they've got this whole schizophrenic we recognize sometimes that we really need to mark the shit out of something and then other times they don't and uh but you look at like we were just talking about call of duty call of duty the the call of duty games have always been very heavily marketed and well, what do you know they sell really yeah well. call of duty 6 is the largest entertainment yeah. actually no it's the largest release of any single product in the history of mankind yeah. and and it made are, more money in 24 hours sh- than anything else in the history products. of the world whereas alan wake which is a critical success barely marketed what do you know i mean how many i've talked to a lot of people who play games who don't even know what it is and never heard of it yeah i mean I I'm, I'm I knew at, like two months before it came out w- what it was and such, and that's just because there's all these reviewers who are yeah. like, I can't wait to get my review copy. So I'm like, looking at the timeline. This game was in the earliest planning or in planning stages, early as 2001. Right. It was officially announced at E3 2005. Uh, it was originally for PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, and PC. In 2006, they partnered with Microsoft as a publisher, and Microsoft eventually said Xbox only. Throughout all of this, they First used the Unreal Engine, and then I think they used something else, and then they built their own custom Alan Wake engine, incorporated Havoc into it. Mm -hmm. They actually finished, the game was feature complete August 2009, almost a year before its release. They spent nine months polishing it. Why do you think that is? Because I recall it was going to come out at the end of 2009, and was suddenly pushed back to early 2010, and then May. It's eventual release. Did they not want to compete with Call of Duty? Probably. Probably. I mean, call, well, that you saw last week, last year, that everyone gave Call of Duty Six a wide berth. Unwisely so. Yeah, <laughs> Call of Duty. Call of Duty it smells like crap. Doesn't Modern bathe. Mo Wo Two. Steal your girlfriend. Advanced War Fighter. I. <laughs> uh, it. I just. This is really sad. I, this is a game from people that care about games. It's I I I would say this is perhaps one of the most artistic, mm-hmm. big, mass market games, and just it couldn't find an audience. It, it you know it had its problems. Um, yeah, every game does. Mostly that it was broken. No, I'm joking. It it was strange, mm-hmm. but people don't know that before they buy it. But, but you know, um, it's a, it is kind of it's a survival horror game. I mean, those have done well in the past. It should have. It should have done really well. Of course, once again, Resident Evil is heavily marketed. Alan Wake just sounds like it's going to be some and asshole talking at so talking like to you the it, entire time about string theory. It debuted like number one on the chart in the UK, uh, and yet everyone's reporting only 136,000. This is NPD supporting information, too. Well, yeah, it's UK. I hear that they actually... Read. No, they don't. They they like games that are about writers. They do. May, maybe if it was about a frat boy, it would have sold better. You there, know, I think there's too many people. As a frat boy, it takes UK. a lot of it takes a lot of effort to really be able to chug coconut <laughs> that fast. You mean chug coke? <laughs> that too. <laughs> when I'm looking to hide a hooker's body, <laughs> with, with, I with, use with my, my best friend's my dorm frat, room. <laughs> frat buddies. I, I put, usually try to put it in the rival fraternity. Or in the bed springs of my girlfriend's mattress. So she has to sleep on my other conquest. Because I'm a sexual sadist. There you go. There and, you go. And I've been screwed up from an early age. <laughs> oh, God. I'm incapable of being loved and I sleep in a cardboard box inside <laughs> my mansion. That's what I do. 
So what else do we want to talk about tonight, Mr. Tipton? So um, uh, did you want to do any more news or do you want to go into our topic? Let's go into our topic. Topic of 2010 the of the night. Of the day. Of the other parts of the day that aren't day or night. Of episode 30. Dusk. Of the dawn. <laughs> Dusk of the dawn. Of the minuet <laughs> of the evening. It's like the worst version of a zombie, a zombie <laughs> flick ever. Of the, of the shadow the puppets in the allegory of the cave. <laughs> I, not, think, not I think that one's figures. a bison, but I can't tell. It's a man pooping. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, today's topic is um, talking about um, games that try to do too many things. Or who incorporate lots of features successfully. Indeed. So both sides of the coin there. And and the best example of something we've even talked about already today is probably Spore. Yeah. Combining so, so many different genres and yet failing horribly. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, so Spore was the reason why I thought about this, and, and it's been driving me nuts. It's trying to be so many different types of games. It's, it's not a Sudoku game yet. No. It could be, though. It could be. It could what be. are they adding Bejeweled? <laughs> they should. I mean, it, it's got it's got the SimCity kind of thing where you build a town, kind of. Mm-hmm. You design buildings. That's very Simish. You've got the whole godlike powers of like a black and white. Or Except a in this game, remember, intelligent creator. Excuse me, an intelligent creator. Yes. You have an invisible hand of market forces. <laughs> That's right. It's the invisible hand. Thank you, Adam Smith. <laughs> you mean Illuminati. Yeah, something like that. And then the it's got of it, it, it's got these portions that are like real time strategy games. Yes, like the crappy versions. Yeah, you build five vehicles, take over the world. Ta da! XCOM. And yeah, it's got all sorts of things like that. Yes, it really does. And it's kind of you know actually the 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 tribal socialization part is kind of. Almost like a dating sim. <laughs> no, it is a dating sim. <laughs> oh, do I have maracas? Oh, I need to get maracas. They like maracas. <laughs> That's how Look you at get them. them to like all me. they ask for is maracas. All oh, they want. They want a didgeridoo. God, if only I'd brought her a gift of a didgeridoo. Go back, get the didgeridoo, Nick. That's now you say something as crocodile Dundee. <laughs> Crikey. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's the crocodile hunter. Not they're Dundee. all the same to me. Okay, the whole right. Australian race—they all look, look alike. That's true. With their huge knives and their inability to speak English, and they're being descended from criminals. And they're all beautiful and drunk. They are really, actually—they're some of the nicest people I've ever talked to, except for Icelanders. Yeah, I can't beat Icelanders, and they're low. <laughs> hey, low you're a low. Viking man <laughs> from the Irishland. From Irishland, Irishland, but it's, yeah, they have they have all these game types. They they've tried to do so much. Mm-hmm. Like, oh well, we'll have a retime strategies component. People will like that. We'll have the Master of Orion segment. Not really, but uh, they'll try. People will like that. They all these different game types, and they failed to unify them because it, it felt it, it felt like it, the the game sucked because they tried to go so many directions. Yes, and I'm willing to give them leeway to try. Mm-hmm. Mostly because Peter's not here, I can reassume the mantle of hope. Oh, yeah, I was seeing that. Yeah, uh, I, I like I like ambition. I like ambition too when executed. <laughs> now, and I'm not gonna. You I'm like not... executing ambition. <laughs> you, you, you thirsted for my position for far too long. <laughs> oh, <but laughs> now you must be shot. <laughs> no, I mean, All right, as commissar. In, <laughs> as in, it, it's actually good at the end of it. I'm not willing to, like, Mad World just pass it off. Oh, yeah, 
uh, their ambition to create an artsy game obviously outweighs its inability to be fun. <laughs> what are you talking about? Mad World was the craziest awesome time ever. Thanks, Peter. Uh, it was it was great. <laughs> I have so many fond memories of playing it. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I looked at one, one, one look at that turd and I was like, I'll pass. But there there really haven't been too many games that cross genres. I'm thinking of like Sacrifice. It was something I really enjoyed. It was an RTS and an FPS. Uh, there was a third person perspective. You mean, you mean like the Command and Conquer first person shooter one? Renegade was horrible. So no, I would not <laughs> put that on the list. It happened across genres, but it was not good. Mm-hmm. Uh Master of Orion 3, I would actually say is a unique case. It tried to combine Excel spreadsheets and fun. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, unfortunately, it really missed out on the fun component. Mm-hmm. I um, there have like there's been a number of games that have cross genres that I really liked. Um, I think uh, that Mass Effect kind of is a cross genre. I would that. Thank you. I was trying to think of that, and I couldn't. I'm like, I know it's a Bioware. I know it's a Bioware. I know it's a Bioware. I think actually, you know, a lot of Bioware's recent stuff of uh, Jade Empire. That's right. It I was ambitious, again, but it wasn't successful. It wasn't fun. It wasn't fun, but it was. Me, let's do opinion. a martial arts action game yeah. with an RPG. The ha- yes, um, I think it's. I think it's best across genres when you're only taking two separate components and trying to combine them. Can we talk about the granddaddy of this all, like Diablo? Like I see Diablo is one of the original mixers. Mm-hmm. You have an action click and point RPG. Uh, that a lot of people pretend is not either an action game or pretend it's not an RPG. I think most of them pretend it's not an RPG. Which is funny because it's it is. a dungeon crawl RPG. Yes, it is an RPG that doesn't focus on the character sheet as much. What are you talking about? It, it totally does. It does. All you do is but, say, oh, can I maximize this but a little bit more? the way they portrayed it in Diablo is not the way they portray it in That's like true. a Pools of Radiance or Icewind Dale or even Baldur's Gate, in which like you bowl up this entire paper doll and you're going on dexterity and stuff. Dolls. It's just, it was a lot less scary. Diablo was a lot more, nat- you're just increasing dexterity. And yeah. obviously, you're. it's the exact same mechanic. It was just presented differently. And the action was nonstop. It was, mm-hmm. there was no really... Uh, there was no, no expository dialogue, no choices. Hi, I'm Kane. Sit down and stay a while. <laughs> you might want to take a right back three blocks behind us. <laughs> I'm sorry, I must have forgotten to tell you. Yeah, there's none of that. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 there's not like I was really for a while in love with the idea of Neocron. Neocron is, I think, God, a still-running MMORPG FPS mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> it was an <laughs> amalgamation of all... Yeah, thank you. We, we both use the same term, except mine was pronounced better than yours. And by better, I mean wrong. I hate you. <laughs> I, I learned from the Iceland School of English. <laughs> Do you know Toronto has the best-named hospital in the world? It's called the Hospital for Sick Children. That's um, very specific. Well, it's just, it's it's like hospital for sick people. <laughs> <laughs> hospital for, for, for completely healthy individuals. <laughs> the hospital for the infirm. 
I don't know what made me think of that. Other uh, than whenever I hear infirm, I think of erectile dysfunction. I, I, I've <laughs> the been getting that the too. Infirm, yeah. It's like all urologists. <laughs> and limp penises. <laughs> Doctor, I, I don't know if they told you why I'm here. I know why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. the hospital for the infirm. What do you expect? <laughs> uh, Neocron, like the idea was it was going to be an action-paced FPS that also happened to be an MMO, that also happened to be an RPG. The game itself was really broken, uh, <laughs> like engine-wise, technology-wise, server-wise, connection-wise, publisher-wise. And then you have kind of the successes like Planet Side. And and for some reason the only ones I can really think of off the top of my head that seem like big sort of successes have all been these MMOs. Right. Like Planet Side was an MMO pseudo RTS mm-hmm. true FPS. Right. And and I liked it and I played it. Uh and then you have uh games like, oh God, I guess even World of Warcraft in many ways I would say is kind of a genre mixer, not and to the extent so. of some others, because it really did kind of, while all the mechanics are there for a traditional RPG and an MMORPG at that, uh, it's portrayed as being a lot more action-y and being, no, th- I mean. But just, yeah, I know no, people portray it as that. Yeah. And they portray it themselves as. Yes, exactly. They do. Uh, compared to every other MMO in which you literally see rolling dice or uh, you know the, all those kinds of D and D components. Mm-hmm. It just happens to be hidden better, or in a console that you have to click on to view in World of Warcraft. Yeah, and then it had Bejeweled. Mm-hmm. So Bejeweled is the most important part. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I there's some I mean, there's there's a lot of cross genres that are great, but I, I really think that it's all about limiting the genre uh, mixing. Like, yeah, for instance, it's it's my, focusing my on the aspects that work well, yeah. the best. Puzzle Quest. Mm-hmm. My RPG puzzle game. Yeah. Perfectly blended. But they could have gone, they could have tried to do blend more in. They could probably. have been nuts. They could have been nuts. And, but it, it takes, it very, it takes very simple concepts and melts them together. And I, I think most of the successful variants we're going to talk about, uh, we would talk about, about blending genres is going to include RPG. Mm-hmm. Because. Why people, is that, do you think? So people, people, what people think about with RPGs which I, in the past we talked about it, and I disagree with it, is that you have a character, you have experience you gain to choose abilities and such, or to apply to stats. Mm-hmm. That's what most people think of when they say RPG. Or you have an inventory. Yeah, I, I would go with that, yeah. Um, and so that's really easy to to you know weld on to any other, other kind of game. It's like, okay, well, you know, most person-person shooters, you know, you've got accuracy, you've got weapons, you've mm-hmm. got... You know how much health they have, and you just make them have experience, and they get stuff out of it. That's really easy to do. Now, if you're trying to weld on like a real-time strategy component to a first-person shooter, it's a lot more work, and it's a lot more complexity of well, shit. How do you have them do commands and waypoints mm-hmm. um, successfully? Do they have to pull up a map to do it? If so, how much AI do we have to put into these things so they actually reasonably don't suck yeah they provide a facsimile of the real-time strategy experience yeah rbg stuff though real easy to put into things i mean com- comparatively not so in, is in crackdown the, a successful genre mixer i think it actually is okay. because it, it kind of is a rpg-esque mm-hmm. agility uh, or third person uh, action game agility orbs agility agility very nice thank you demons uh, but for for all those ones that that do successfully roll in the RPG elements, I think it's it's 
it's a crutch that the developers now utilize to say, oh, we've got lots of features, when really it doesn't change anything at all. Like, there, there's a lot of games where you level up, but you get the same stuff no matter what. There's no choice involved, which is not really role-playing. It's progression. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think that's probably a good point, that a lot of the games that have those components, uh, that seems like a natural perspective of gameplay that we've kind of been missing mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of other mainstream games with air quotes, mainstream <laughs> uh, purebred air quote. <laughs> and yet that's that's very gamey. You're increasing the Yeah, constant rewards. Yeah. You get rewarded every, you know, five minutes, you keep playing things. Because gotta keep chasing the carrot. Pavlov. Whereas RPG true RPGs, it's every 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 like ten minutes to an hour, you have to make choices. I like choices. Is and, there and a you have uh, lasting ramifications? Most gamers, most game developers realize that that's a lot more work and money. Is do. there an alignment uh, system involved? Because I can <laughs> well, only see, make I'm choices. Chaotic good. I can only make choices when I can see on a scale how it's going to affect my alignment. <laughs> this is minus two black. This oh, is well, plus I'd... two white. <laughs> Sorry, dark and light. Yeah. Good and evil. Ooh. Black and white. Black and white. Yeah. Uh-huh. Just say it. Michael Just Jackson. Say it. Very nice. Doesn't matter if you're black or white. It's true. It really doesn't. But unless, so yeah, I, unless you're purple. I guess it really comes down to I don't like games that try to cover all the touchstones without actually providing a consistent gameplay element. Satan. Satan usually <laughs> provides a good ele- gameplay element. He does, doesn't he? Got his horns and everything. You have to go to crossroads and bury a picture of yourself with a pint of your own blood at midnight. God, he really needs to stop making those kind of demands. <laughs> I'm just saying. And then you have to kiss him full so on the lips. I really, 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 really want to play an MMORPG RTS FPS. You have a good time with that. <laughs> when you see how much it sucks, <laughs> I will laugh in your face. Because it will. Do you think so? Yeah. Because they were making one. Yeah, they were. <laughs> That's true. And they stopped. That's too bad. Yeah, don't be wrong. I, like I said, I like ambition. I'm getting you all wrong. When you have to, like, the what it takes to actually, like, gameplay-wise, implement multiple different kinds of game experiences quite often. Indeed. There's a lot of different pullings and pushings yeah. uh, in a situation like that that Inevitably becomes be compromised. Yeah. Uh, or it becomes broken. Mm-hmm. Or it becomes perfect. Wait, perfect. We're talking about Dark Void, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> perfect. And, of course, you can make shit as long as you charge only $5 for it. <laughs> or put Modern Warfare on the title. Modern Warfare 3. Poop, poopity. <laughs> Actually, you know, uh, Call of Duty 5 is then a cross-genre. It is both a first-person shooter and a racist movie. <laughs> well, big props for that. <laughs> and to think, I thought it was all over with Birth of a Nation. <laughs> yeah... I really want an RTS that's a worldwide RTS, an MMO RTS. That'd be cool. It also happens to be a puzzle quest. 
<laughs> world of bejeweled. <laughs> world of bejeweled craft. There we go. I think we just created our new franchise. World of bejeweled craft. We got to get some programmers working on this. Yes. Uh, India is cheap. And is Toronto. I'm going to grow my hair out and uh, be the artistic director. And ooh, I'll have special ooh, shades. Ooh, can we both buy some of those Razor scooters and scoot around yes. our 100 square foot studio development yes. headquarters? 100 square foot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to move to Los Angeles. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> yes. It's 100 square feet, but there's a bathroom down the hallway. We're glaring at each other the entire time as we scooter around in a circle. We have, and unfortunately, we don't have enough money for computers, so we have to build them on our Nokia <laughs> E73s. Check out Portable <laughs> Tech to see what, how, how much fun that's going to be. Yes. Excellent. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. You can find us at playerstat.us. But I guess normally we just end the show. We really do. Like We, we don't have like a formal ending. It's we usually don't. just like, oh, Corona Peter out now. Yep. Well, and usually it's because Peter's like, it's I'm done. It's usually because Peter's like, I'm done. I have to poop. You guys suck. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We're not talking about anything I want to talk about. Yeah. Playerstat.us on Twitter as Playerstat. I'm Andrew Roos, R-U-E-S-S. I am also Krepta247. Ooh, you're revealing really a secret identity. Yes, uh, I, I'm also very prolific uh, in ass jokes on giantbomb.com. <laughs> so you can <laughs> follow me there, too. I just, I just walk around saying, ass Hey, uh, yeah, guys, that looks like ass. <laughs> I don't know if you're aware of this, but yeah, it's ass. And poop jokes. I'm good poop at that, jokes. too. Yeah, there we go. On uh, Giant Bob. I'm uh, on uh, Twitter. I'm Sosinus, uh, S-O-C-I-N-U-S. And, uh, but mainly all you'll get there is beer information. But hey, <laughs> Beer Lately is an awesome beer thing. Beer so. Lately, Sundays at noon. This is what happens when we have extra time. Yes. Pete's not here to be like, this is stupid. We end up talking about beer, politics, and... And Ronald Reagan. Front Ronald Reagan. The greatest man that ever lived. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> so thanks for joining us on episode 30 of Player Status, the Erudiate Escape Hour. <laughs> Yay. It's, it's a very different uh, vibe, but it's just totally you and different. me compared to Peter. It's usually a lot less uh, sexual violence. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> Seriously, they, when, when Peter's here, like the sexual tension between you two is like over the top, crazy, and the anger comes out. Right, like you guys can't have anything but angry sex. <laughs> that's, Which, that's while hot, we can. <laughs> a little awkward for the third person in the room. I'm con- consistently usually going so. Uh, <laughs> shit, well, now guys. you have that E73 you can play with. Yeah, yeah, which it works so well because T-Mobile gets such great reception in your house. Yeah, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, it doesn't even get edge here. Uh, bye, T-Mobile. We hate you. So, see you next week. Have a great Fourth of Jahanukkah. Jahanukkah. <laughs>